right. No, she'd be, be her great uncle, wouldn't I? I'm so sorry. <laughs> feel older and dirty anymore. I tell you what. Don't like getting old. Of course, I feel better whenever I go to a reunion because they all got old butt me. It just was amazing. You look at some of them there. Uh, let me share something with you. I know you believe God is real. Well, at least I hope you do. But so many times there are things that happen in our life. There's many people, many churches that don't believe in miracles. And what I would see, and a lot of people would consider a miracle, is in the continuum of time and space when God intervenes in a dramatic way that is outside of the law of natural order and physics. Uh, in other words, you just know that you know that it's God. Our so-called Western Hemisphere scientific consciousness oftentimes give us, try to explain things away when the only explanation is, thank God. Uh, back in August of 99, uh, I was invited to speak at Liberty University. There's 3,000 young people in the auditorium. And after I finished speaking, they said, now we're gonna have microphones around the auditorium. They can ask you any question they want about the Bible. I said, no problem. Well, right before that, Bobby Joe Barker called me and he said, uh, as soon as I heard his voice, I knew what the deal was. He said, uh, Vic, he said, your dad just passed away. This is before I had to speak. I thought, this, how am I in the world am I going to do this? I've got to go ahead and do this. And uh, it's in the middle of the night when Joe called me, and I was walking down the sidewalk, and his car pulled up, and it was um, Dr. Soto. Dr. Soto. He rolled down his window and he said, Vic, what are you doing? I said, I just got a call. My dad passed away. He left his car in the middle of the street, ran over there and hugged me, prayed with me. Now he was a well-known professor at Grace Seminary, brilliant man, and that that helped me. After I finished speaking, I got on my motorcycle and rode back from uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. And of course, you go, we go through all the things that you have to go through in a funeral had his funeral here. And then we had the graveside funeral. This is in August 99. This is August. And uh, the day we had his graveside service, within a few hours, I was supposed to be on a plane to England. Dad was real proud that I got accepted to Oxford. He was telling everybody about it. In fact, there was a hospital chaplain who came up here to visit him, he kept telling him, said, my son's been uh, accepted at Oxford. He went, there, there, Mr. Young. And she said, no, my son's been accepted at Oxford. And he thought that was talking out of his mind. He said, no, he really has. And of course, I was very happy to be uh, accepted. So a few hours after I finished the funeral, I was on a plane. Uh, then you remember, we go to Charlotte or Atlanta and then switch planes to England. You remember which was one or the other? And uh, 
needless to say, I was, is rough. I mean, I just had a funeral of my dad, leaving mom and my sisters here and on a plane going to go to England. And I looked out the window, it was starting to get daylight. And I looked out the window and you could see that sun coming up and the clouds, I mean, the sun above the clouds is an amazing thing. And I had a lot on my mind. And uh, that verse that we read, I said, remember earlier in Psalm 139, 10, 11, come to my mind just as clear. It said, though I take the wings of the morning, thou art there. And I had such a peace at that moment. Well, we got to England. Then you have to, we had to catch a bus 60 miles, I believe we did 60 miles, uh, to Oxford. And so we're on this bus, we got our luggage, and where the bus station was, we pulled in. Or not, no, that time it wasn't the bus station, it was there at, uh, oh, anyway, I can't think of the little area. And we were staying at a bed and breakfast called Pickwick Inn. And um, we got there, I told Linda, I'm gonna be late, because I knew what time I had to be there. And here's the thing about Oxford. You have to dress a certain way, uh, and you have to be on time for everything or you can go to the house. I mean, these people don't, don't play games. I told Lynn, I said, there's no way I'm gonna make it. There's no way I'm gonna make it. Now, what I'm about to tell you is the absolute truth. The lady who had the B&B, she called for a cat, and I got in it and I said, I have to go to Christ Church. And I said, if you can hurry in any way, please get there. And I thought, there's, there's no way. Now, I'm not making this up. The cab pulled up in front of Christchurch. If you ever go, if you go online, you type in Christchurch, Oxford, it's they're right below the entrance, right below what's called Tom Tower. It's a beautiful, beautiful facility. It dates back to, oh, what was it, 500 something? Uh, anyway, at each one of the colleges there on campus, they have what they call a bulldog. Now, this is a guy who dressed in black, black tie, and they wear a bowler hat. They're like the security, if you will. I pulled, the cab pulled up, and I got out. Of course, I didn't know where to go. I just know I was supposed to be there. And I thought, there's no way I'm gonna make it in time. And this cat opened the door for me. He said, Dr. Young, Dr. Victor Young? I said, yes, sir. He said, come with me, quickly. And we ran to where the orientation was, where I was supposed to register just exactly under the clock. And I never saw him again. There was no way on earth he could have known who I was from, from, from Adam's house cat. He, no way he could know. And to this day, I believe that was an angel of God. There's no way he could have known who I was out of all the people, the hundreds of people who were there and come up and, and led me exactly to the room I had to go just in time. God is real. He's still in the miracle working business today. He's working it in your lives whether you realize it or not. You can try to explain away so many things. But it's like in Psalm 91. He gives his angels charge over you to lift you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Turn in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 40. I want to show you some things here today, Lord willing. Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to start with verse 28. 
Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Take particular note of this 31st verse. I know you've heard it. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. May God bless that reading and hearing to our hearts and have a moment's word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, do we again come into your presence. Pray that your word, your will be made manifest. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. After that, uh, the first I was registered, went in and went through this initial class and everything. You see, I didn't even have time to grieve at all for my dad. And so finally, when that was over, and it was time for me to leave, I had a notebook, and I just walked literally behind Christ Church facility. Uh, now, I have never seen a movie, but I have seen excerpts. Uh, what's that about the, the, the witches in school and all that stuff? That Harry movie? Potter. Uh, yeah, Harry Potter. They actually filmed a lot of that there. And so I went all the way around the wall and I found a place where nobody was. And I sat down on this old ancient step and I looked around and for the first time I had an opportunity to cry. And I just said, God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get through this? There was a peace that come on me and a strength that I know did not come from my imagination. Just as we read right here, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And that applies to every one of God's children. I recently read a commentary uh, on this verse, this 31st verse. Uh, it had a perspective I had never realized before. See, that's a beautiful thing about God's Word. You can read verses that you thought you've always known and you understood, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will show you an aspect of it you never realized. Or it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. He said, this is a recipe for every age group in the body of Christ. Those who wait upon the Lord mount up with wings as eagles, that's the youth. They're young in the Lord. They're rearing to go. They're zealous. They're out there. God's with them in that. They shall run and not be weary. That's a person who's been a Christian for a while, and he's learned to pace himself. Just like a marathon or runner. He's learned with experience to how to pace himself. And then they shall walk and not faint. And that's for us old cats that served the Lord for a long time, been a Christian. Not to give up hope. Not to think that God has left you. Not to think that God's not powerful or mighty in your life after all these years. Because there's so many things that we pray for, we hope for. You see, this whole chapter, this whole, yeah, this whole chapter is dealing Israel was in bondage. And they kept praying and praying and they were beginning to wonder, why doesn't God deliver us? Why doesn't he help us? Everything's in God's timetable. Even the evil that he allows. He doesn't cause, but he allows. 
has a purpose to bring us to a, sp a special point spiritually and in maturity. Fascinating thing about eagles. I thought it was just a rumor and I did some checking on it. A mama eagle will teach her eaglet to fly in an unconventional way according to ornithologists. Bird people study birds. A mama eagle will take her baby up so far and dump it out. And it will fall trying to learn how to fly and then she will swoop down and catch that eagle and take it back up again and turn it loose. She has it all under control. In fact, look over here at Deuteronomy chapter 32. I want to show you something. I want you to read. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Again, Moses, he has the children of Israel in his wilderness. And sometimes he got very discouraged. Moses would get very discouraged. And here in Deuteronomy, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Remember what they get on? And numbers. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 32. Look at verse 11. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. God's even made himself as the eagle. In fact, I thought, well, that's just a myth. And when you look this up, you go online and look it up. There's a lot of more intelligence that say, oh, that's just a myth. They're referring to this passage of scripture that God says how the mama eagle teaches her baby to fly. She'll let it fall and then she'll catch it before it goes of utter destruction. But then all of a sudden you see all these other ornithologists that have spent hours studying that phenomenon and said indeed it is true. They have, they have seen it and observed it on numerous times. You see, God may take us to a point, a point where we feel utterly helpless and we will even question, does God even care anymore? Am I even on, on the screen? Am I a bleep on the spiritual radar? Does he, he know me? Everything seems to be going. So many times he will put us through some horrific, allow us to go through some horrific situations so that maybe in retrospect we can look back and say, that had to be the Lord who got me through that because I could not have done that myself. Now that I'm Going on 67 years old and drop dead gorgeous. <laughs> hey, somebody can't whistle. Did you hear that? Now, the blind person back there in the back. I, heard. Uh, I don't know why, Bernie, I seem like I, I spend so much of my time reflecting on in the past. It was, it was just like I was telling Mandy yesterday about a buddy I went to college with, Randy Chestnut. And I was telling her all the details that we were talking about one day about these different philosophers like Hume and Glick and Hare and all these different ones. But I was telling her about what uh, a buddy of mine, Randy Chestnut, was saying in class. And I looked at her and said, how can I remember the details of things that happened in 1978 or 79 and I can't hardly remember who I talked to the day before yesterday. Anybody else like that? Jiminy Cricket. 
But here, one thing I reflect back to so many things in the past here more than ever before where I know Board was in there. That's that whole situation in Oxford. I didn't think God cared. That might be a little harsh, but I wondered. I wondered. I thought, here I am in this situation, and he sent me a post-it note. There's an angel wearing a derby who said, you come with me right now, and I'll get you there on time. Now, to somebody else, really, that might not have been a big deal, but I knew there was no doubt that was of God. Nobody else could have known that. He didn't know me from Adam's house cat. And he was right there. He said, right on time, God. We may think we're going to fall to utter destruction, but before that happens, he will swoop down, just like his word says in Deuteronomy 32. He will swoop down and catch us before we utterly fall. He said, the righteous will stumble, but they will not utterly fall. And all of us, just because you're a Christian don't mean you're going to do everything perfectly. He says, they that wait upon the Lord. In Psalm 27, verse 14, God's word says, wait, wait, I say, on the Lord, and he shall renew your strength. Here a while back, not too long ago, I did a three-part series on overcoming addiction from a biblical perspective. And I could tell that a lot of people were thinking, well, that's all good, but they don't want to do the work to be free from the addiction. And the number one thing to do to be free from any addiction is you have to spend time alone with God. That's called waiting on God. I never will forget I was going through, you know, I've been a full-time pastor, what, 45 years? which is unusual in itself, isn't it, Matthew? When you were studying counseling at Grace, you said the average time that a person passes, what, five to seven years, something like five that? Five years. Yeah. Five years. <clears throat> and I was at a point of burnout, but I knew in my heart the Lord said, you need to get away, just me and you. Now, let me explain. At that time, you remember Jim and Tammy Faye Baker? Flakes. But however, they built a place, again, I think it's over in North Carolina. It's like a, a spiritual place. Had, anyway, there was a couple, uh, Terry Deacons, what was her husband's name? Terry and Lynn Shankle. Terry and Lynn Shankle, thank you. They were like, they had some money involved in it or something like that. So they have a, a, a place over there, because I told them, I said, I was needing to get away. And I had, uh, when I had that Beauville van, I thought, well, if they got a campground, I'll stay in that campground. Well, they had a campground. What I was interested in, they had rooms. So I stayed in the campground in my, my van, and I, in the morning, I'd go into one of those prayer rooms. And I had determined, I want to stay here and wait on God. I about had it. I about burned out. Uh, it's just going to be me and God. And I would stay in there. I, I thought, I, I literally said, even if I don't have anything to say, I'm going to stay here with God. I'm just going to stay here. I'm not going to leave. 
and I'd stay there for hours. And all of a sudden, my spiritual life totally changed from that day forward. All of a sudden, I could discern the Holy Spirit within me. All of a sudden, I knew that the Bible, indeed, without any doubt, is the inspired and errant and foul of the Word of God. I knew that He had lifted me up above my problems. You see, it's like today's message title is, Problems Seem Small at 30,000 Feet. And when you're waiting on the Lord, He shall lift you up like an eagle in wings. And the closer you get to the Lord and the further He takes you up, the smaller your problems will look. All of a sudden, all the things that seem like such a big deal, when you wait upon God and He lifts you up, all of a sudden they come into perspective. It's not that big a deal after all. You realize that He's got all things in control. And the longer you wait upon Him, it's like Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 tells us, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the more that you just cut yourself off in the world is stay in prayer. I'm telling you people, you may not want to do it. I know sometimes you pray and you feel like, gosh, I've been here for hours. You look at your watch, it's only been 10 minutes. But get to a place, get to a place where you just say, I'm not leaving here. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to talk to the Lord. I'm going to listen to the Lord's telling you. I am not going to leave this room or this place in the presence of God for an hour, two hours. Just determine you're going to stay there. You know, while we have no trouble at all spending an hour watching some stupid movie or a ball game, no big deal. How many of you have ever, just like Jesus said to his disciples, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He came back out, they were asleep. He said, what, could you not watch and wait one hour? Wow. Could you not watch and wait one hour? And you go and you wait upon him. And you will feel a joy that will transcend your pain. Perhaps it's a bad marriage situation. Perhaps it's a business situation you're scared of. You stay in that presence of the Lord and he, you will mount up with wings like eagles. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and you won't faint. You will, dis, you will be able to discern a presence of God in your life. You see, God's word says, he who seeks me early shall find me. And in every situation, if you will wait upon him, in Luke chapter 24, verse 32, you see the story of immediately after Christ's crucifixion, that there was two men who were walking on the road to Emmaus. And they were talking about the situation that transpired in Jerusalem about Christ's arrest, the, the mockery of a trial, his crucifixion. And all of a sudden, they didn't know it at the time, but Jesus came and walked with them. And said, so what are you all talking about? And they looked at him and said, don't you know? Everybody knows what's going on in Jerusalem. They started to tell about Jesus. And Jesus acted like he was going to go on, but they said, come on in and and, and stay with us and, and, and eat with us. You see, that's the wonderful thing about the Lord. He don't barge in. He has to be invited. He said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Think of that. He stands there and knocks. He's knocking on the door of your life, your heart. And so these, these two men asked Jesus to come in. 
And he started telling them about the scripture. And he broke bread. And all of a sudden, bang, the two strangers on the road to Emmaus, their eyes were open. And they realized that this was Jesus. And Jesus vanished away. And the most fascinating statement, one of them looked at the other and said, did not our heart burn within us as he imparted the scriptures unto us? Did not our heart burn? When you wait upon God, it's just you and him. And you're reading the word of God. All of a sudden you will know that that Bible is love letters from the father to you, his child. Always remember your salvation, your walk is personal. When he was on the cross, he had you on his mind. That's not a myth. That's not hyperbole. When he was on the cross, he had you on his mind. As a result, he has adopted us, whereby we may cry, Abba, Father. Now we see in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, that God's word tells us that sometimes our faith will be tried like gold in a refiner's fire. Now here's, here's a fascinating thing. Uh, I like any kind of, uh, uh, what's that show, Mountain Men or anything like that, a reality show where they're outside and survival and stuff like that. Fascinating, they had this one guy, and of course I knew this, but I enjoyed watching. He was melting down some metal stuff and he had to wait till all the dross of the impurities come to the top so he could skim it off. Well, same way with gold, a jeweler would realize once he melts down the gold, it, it has to, all the impurities in that metal comes to the top and they skim it off. But the only way that can happen is after it's been in the fire for a while. God may let each one of us go through a fire, but the purpose is letting the dross come to the top so that he can remove the impurities. And we can be, as 1 Peter 1, 7 tells us, as those who have been tested by the refiner's fire. Just like that mama eagle lets that baby drop and think it's going to die. But in the last minute, snatches that baby up and takes it up on high. God may at some point, you may feel like you're in free fall. But he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He tells us in Matthew chapter 24, verse 13, He that endures to the end shall be saved. He that endures to the end. I know you've heard me quote this a lot, and I know you know it, but it's still, it means a lot to me. When the storm was going, and the disciples were in the boat, and they saw Jesus walking on the water, Simon Peter said, Bid me to come unto thee. And Jesus said, come. And he got out of the boat. And as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he could walk on the water. But the moment he took his eyes off of Jesus, he sank. Now we can stop there, but the next verse says, but Jesus reached down and pulled him up. See, we can start out walking on the water. We may think we're sinking. We may say, where art thou, God, like Elijah did? Just like that mama eagle will sweep down and catch that baby. Just like Deuteronomy 32 tells us, verses 9 and 10. He will lift us up just like that mama eagle. He will not let us be utterly cast down. They that wait upon the Lord. 
I don't want to embarrass anybody by asking you to raise hands. I just want to ask this rhetorical question. Have you ever waited just one hour? Just one hour. But could you not just watch and wait one hour, Jesus said. Just get alone, away from anybody. Turn the TV off. Sit at your kitchen table with your Bible open and pray. And then when you don't have nothing else to pray about, just shut up. Just be with him. And perhaps you will discern him right next to you. I'm going to close with this illustration. I've told it hundreds of times, but I love it. And it still blesses me. In Scotland, I had to take six trips to Oxford to finish my work over there. And I always wanted to go to Scotland, but I didn't get the opportunity. Linda wouldn't let me. And she had to go if I went. So. I love that hat. Who made that for you? A very special man. A very special man. <laughs> Mom and Sister Linda. Jesse, did you go? Jesse, wait, did you go, Jason? They all went to Scotland. Linda was on the front page of the newspaper over there about singing and all that. Over there is fascinating. I didn't get to go to Scotland, but there was a little village in Scotland that this young pastor was newly sent to be the vicar of that little village. And he was young and he was learning and he was going around meeting all the parishioners in that little village. And they said, we want you to meet Mr. So-and-so over here. Said he's terminal, he's old, he's lived a long life and we'd like for you to come and visit him. And he went over to visit him and he shut the door to the old man's room and the old man looked at him and said, uh, Pastor, he said, I don't know how to pray. All these years, I know we were taught to pray and they had the Psalter, which is the book of prayer. They were just quoted. But he said, I don't know how to really pray. And the young pastor filled with wisdom pulled a chair up next to the bed and said, you just know Jesus is sitting there and you talk to him. You just talk to him. No, he's sitting in that chair. And you talk to him. Tell him your wants, your fears, your happiness, the blessings. Talk to him. Shortly after that, they ran and came and got the old, the young pastor to come to see the old man. And he fleed a foot and got there and he went into the room. But he's too late. The old man had already passed. But he looked. The old man had his hand on the chair. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen? Amen. Let's stand if you would, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your presence. Thank you for the love of God that shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the reality of you. Thank you that you don't reward us according to our deeds. But as a father pities his children, so you have pity and mercy upon us. We love you because you first loved us. Father, I pray if there's anyone here today that does not know you as the Lord and the Savior of their life, that they will pray this prayer I'm about to pray. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I receive you as my Lord and my God 
and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, please fill me to overflowing. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning while Jesus paying his invitation, please come to the front of the church. She went to go put that sign up sheet. Oh, she went to put sign up sheet in the foyer for those who like to take the class that Josh and Richard are going to be, be teaching. So sign up if you'd like to. And everybody ought to take that. Particularly if you've never had a gun class, you need to take it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your presence and thank you so very much for this day, this time together. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for the reality of you. Please keep us now in going out and coming in and bring us back safe at the point of time. For these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have one of our day. Don't forget, 6 o'clock tonight online, Matt will be teaching.